Hey guys, it's Shannon and welcome back to Time with the Author. Hey guys and welcome back to another episode. Today I'm going to be talking about Daniel. I'm going to be talking about Daniel and the benefits of doing things morally right. And when I say that, I mean by following the way that God laid things out for us. So also, I kind of want to do things differently where I just read the story. Just do kind of like a storytelling and then discuss it afterwards. Because there are just some stories that I think are great to just listen to. I remember I took a page out of my dad's book where I would watch a movie that was a story of a book and or a story from the Bible. And, you know, something my dad would always do when he would watch something historical is he would at the same time, look up the person like Google them and find out like, what was the true story? What really happened? What does the movie have going right? And what do they have going wrong? And so when I would watch things like Prince of Egypt, which I still recommend, um, or Joseph King of Dreams, you know, those cartoons or anything that had to do with stories of the Bible, I decided I would look it up in the Bible and see, you know, what, what really happened. And I started to realize just how much of the details I didn't know, you know, because of sitting in church and listening to which, you know, I completely understand why, but pastors will kind of just paraphrase the story to get their point across and use certain scriptures. And I think that that can be so great because then they can get their point across, like whatever revelation they've had from God about the story, you know, like whatever it is that God's trying to point out to them, they're able to do that. And you can't really just always sit there and read an entire story and then also have an entire sermon. But I'm going to kind of do something like that, uh, where I just kind of give a little bit of points at the end. But I just, I think it's nice to be able to have the story read to you. And for anybody who does enjoy that, I recommend getting a Bible app. I like the the version Bible app. I really love all that it has to offer. And I'm, I'm not connected with them or anything. I just always end up sounding like an advertisement for something that I really enjoy. But it does devotional plans, you know, where it does like teaching plans and you will have a certain amount of days and they'll talk about something and then they'll give you the scriptures in the Bible. It's really cool. And then also you can just read the Bible and some translations have an audio version. So it can read to you. It can read the story to you. And there's, there's not too many versions that have an audio to them. Um, but it's still, it's really nice to be able to listen to you. I just, I always encourage people to check your translations because I've had times where certain translations didn't really have the right meaning. And, but luckily, you know, we have everything available to us. You know, we can research the original language and what the original language actually originally meant. So, you know, don't be discouraged and ever thinking that, oh, we can never really know what the Bible said because it's been translated so many times. We actually have access to, everybody has access to be able to see 
what it originally said, what it originally meant, and then compare it to more modern translations and see like, okay, did they kind of explain a little more uh, just clear <laughs> or did they actually change the meaning? So it's just good to be careful of that, but it is possible. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and read about Daniel and the king they call Nebuchadnezzar such a big name to sit there and try to spell, but it doesn't seem that much when you say it. Now I will warn you, I am not going to get all of these names correct. I am not somebody who knows how to do any of these Hebrew names or whatever. If it were some other languages, I might be able to do it, but in the Bible, I have a little bit of a hard time. So I apologize in advance. <laughs> all right. Daniel one verse one. During the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men, he said. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar. <laughs> Belteshazzar? <laughs> Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. Azariah was called Abednego. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I am afraid of my lord the king who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I am afraid the king will have me beheaded. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So, after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. When the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. 
So they entered the royal service. Whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them ten times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Daniel remained in the royal service until the first year of the reign of King Cyrus. Chapter 2 One night during the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had such disturbing dreams that he couldn't sleep. He called in his magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers, and he demanded that they tell him what he had dreamed. As they stood before the king, he said, I have had a dream that deeply troubles me, and I must know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, Long live the king, tell us the dream, and we will tell you what it means. But the king said to the astrologers, I am serious about this. If you don't tell me what my dream was and what it means, you will be torn limb from limb and your houses will be burned into heaps of rubble. But if you tell me what I dreamed and what the dream means, I will give you many wonderful gifts and honors. Just tell me the dream and what it means. They said again, please, your majesty, tell us the dream and we will tell you what it means. The king replied, I know what you are doing. You're stalling for time because you know I am serious when I say, if you don't tell me the dream, you are doomed. So you have conspired to tell me lies, hoping I will change my mind. But tell me the dream and then I'll know that you can tell me what it means. The astrologers replied to the king, no one on earth can tell the king his dream. And no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, enchanter, or astrologer. The king's demand is impossible. No one except the gods can tell you your dream, and they do not live here among people. The king was furious when he heard this, and he ordered that all the wise men of Babylon be executed. And because the king's decree, men were sent to find and kill Daniel and his friends. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, came to kill them, Daniel handled the situation with wisdom and discretion. He asked Arioch, why has the king issued such a harsh decree? So Arioch told him all that had happened. Daniel went at once to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what the dream meant. Then Daniel went home and told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, what had happened. He urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret so they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. That night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. He said, Praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. He reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what lies hidden in darkness, though he is surrounded by light. I thank and praise you, God, God of my ancestors, for you have given me wisdom and strength. You have told me what we asked of you and revealed to us what the king demanded. Then Daniel went in to see Arioch, whom the king had ordered to execute the wise men of Babylon. Daniel said to him, don't kill the wise men. Take me to the king and I will tell him the meaning of his dream. Arioch quickly took Daniel to the king and said, I have found one of the captives from Judah who will tell the king the meaning of his dream. The king said to Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, is this true? Can you tell me what my dream was and what it means? Daniel replied, There are no wise men, enchanters, magicians, or fortune tellers who can reveal the king's secret. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. And he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future. 
Now I will tell you your dream and the visions you saw as you lay on your bed. While your majesty was sleeping, you dreamed about coming events. He who reveals secrets has shown you what is going to happen. And it is not because I am wiser than anyone that I know the secret of your dream, but because God wants you to understand what was in your heart. In your vision, your majesty, you saw standing before you a huge shining statue of a man. It was a frightening sight. The head of the statue was made of fine gold. Its chest and arms were silver. Its belly and thighs were bronze. Its legs were iron and its feet were a combination of iron and baked clay. As you watched, a rock was cut from a mountain, but not by human hands. It struck the feet of iron and clay, smashing them to bits. The whole statue was crushed into small pieces of iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold. Then the wind blew them away without a trace, like chaff on threshing floor. But the rock that knocked the statue down became a great mountain that covered the whole earth. That was the dream. Now, we will tell the king what it means. Your majesty, you are the greatest of kings. The God of heaven has given you sovereignty, power, strength, and honor. He has made you the ruler over all the inhabited world and has put even the wild animals and birds under your control. Oh my gosh, he sounds like a Disney princess. You are, <laughs> you are the head of gold. But after your kingdom comes to an end, another kingdom inferior to yours will rise to take your place. After that kingdom has fallen, yet a third kingdom represented by bronze will rise to rule the world. Following that kingdom, there will be a fourth one, as strong as iron. That kingdom will smash and crush all previous empires, just as iron smashes and crushes everything it strikes. The feet and toes you saw were a combination of iron and baked clay, showing that this kingdom will be divided. Like iron mixed with clay, it will have some of the strength of iron. But while some parts of it will be as strong as iron, other parts will be as weak as clay. This mixture of iron and clay also shows that these kingdoms will try to strengthen themselves by forming alliances with each other through intermarriage. But they will not hold together, just as iron and clay do not mix. During the reigns of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness, and it will stand forever. That is the meaning of the rock cut from the mountain. Though not by human hands that crushed to pieces the statue of iron, bronze, clay, silver, and gold, the great God was showing the king what will happen in the future. The dream is true, and its meaning is certain. So, just to kind of break that down, uh, Daniel who for some reason keeps being called Daniel. We know the stories as Daniel, Meshach, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? And what I find strange, still don't know why, they keep calling him Daniel throughout the story. And I, I'm not really sure. I haven't looked into if that's because of translation or if that was originally done like in the original text, he keeps getting called Daniel when his friends who were taken with him at the same time um, keep being called by their Babylonian name. And I find that interesting. Um, obviously, Daniel was the leader of the group. He was the one that spoke out and said that he did not want to eat the food that was meant for the gods. That was something that he just knew he had discernment for. He just knew that was wrong. He should not be eating food that was meant for worshiping other gods. And in a way, he really ended up fasting 
and I know I've talked about fasting before, where it's something that honestly I have experienced for myself and I know other people have experienced and it's talked about in the Bible um, with the power of fasting, that to me, it really brings you closer to God. When you are abstaining from something in order to, I mean, really your goal is to get closer to God, you know, to have a prayer answered, um, you know, whatever it may be, just, just even have a, like to keep your good relationship with God and to honor God. It's, it's a powerful thing. God really, uh, recognizes it. That's, that's what it's shown throughout the Bible. That's what I've experienced myself. Um, and so Daniel is basically, it's like a fast. He's not eating the way that everybody around him is eating and he's making sure to stick to what he knows would be right of God. And so in turn, he's closer to God and God really blessed him with a gift. And he, well, he blessed all of them because him and, uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego with their Babylonian names, um, they all did that. You know, none of them were like, no, 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 no. Daniel speaks for himself. <laughs> no, they, they followed it. And they made sure to stick to the godly way. And they were all blessed with, you know, being more wise um, than anybody else. Uh, let's see. It said in verse, well, in chapter 1, verse 17, God gave these four men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. So God bless them for following him and for really, I mean, if everybody around you is doing something one way, it's so hard to go against the grain. It really is, especially when, um, in this situation, I mean, it, it's almost like their lives could be lost over it. You know, I mean, this is a command of the king. The king could get wind of it and be like, you know what? I'm not having that drama. <laughs> get rid of them, punish them, kill them, whatever. Uh, you never know. So they kind of put their lives at stake for the sake of following God. And I mean, if that's admirable to us, I'm sure with that being a worship towards God, that's a type of worship. You know, I'm sure he admires that and he blessed them for it. It was obvious that he admired that. So, you know, in that, then it continued on. <clears throat> and I would think that Daniel had the special ability because he's the one that spoke up and made sure that that happened. You know, he, God seasoned it into people's hearts. And it, it's not because, you know, some people think it's about works. Yeah, Daniel did the work, but God saw in his heart that he wasn't doing that for show. He wasn't doing that uh, just for rebellion. God saw in his heart that the reason why he was doing it was for following God, truly. And, you know, because when your heart is going to follow God, your mouth is going to follow God. You know, your actions are going to follow God. So it, it's just obvious. But only God knows, obviously, what's in your heart and what your motives are. So he was blessed. So you can tell that God saw good in his heart. And that's just, that's something that I really, I think is just so important for us to focus on is that we're blessed when we follow 
the morals of God, the things that he sets out for us. You know, these are other gods that are being worshipped. You could look at it like, well, I mean, some people don't even believe that other gods are real. If you look at a lot of the scriptures, it talks about people worshipping demons. It talks about uh, actual demons. It talks about that angels had children with humans. It talked about that in Genesis. There's just, there's a lot of other things that I think could be behind these gods that were worshipped. You know, that they most likely were demons being worshipped. And demons, obviously, according to the Bible, are real, whether you want to believe it or not. So, you know, you could say, well, you know, they were just false idols, like just statues that people were worshiping. What harm does that do? God would want you to starve or to not be healthy. Well, look at what ended up happening. They ended up being healthier than ever, doing things differently. I mean, obviously, we also know that uh, (laughs) eating lots of vegetables would be really, really healthy, but also usually you would need meat unless you do things a very particular way. So they ended up really benefiting though, because they were following after God. It's just something that I think is so important to look at. And, and there's other characters in the Bible, uh, that make sure to follow God, stick to their morals, you know, abstain from things, whatever. And they're blessed. They succeed. They, you know, it might not happen right away, but it does happen. And I think that that also is encouraging that some people think, well, you know, right now I would suffer for that, or that would just be really hard right now. But we can't always think of the instant gratification. And I know that that's really hard in this day and age. It's all about instant gratification. It really is. But we have eternity to think about. And I think that that's really important. It's really important to, to be watching what we do and, you know, look for ways to, to be more moral, to follow what you think God would want for you. How do you know what God would want for you? Well, read the Bible. Um, watch Christian story movies, listen to Christian music. Just staying focused on God could be a big, big thing. Well, I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer. I hope you guys enjoyed the story of Daniel. I hope you look more into the story of Daniel because there's even more that comes after that. Dear Lord, we thank you for wonderful examples like Daniel who show us that the moral way is even better than any other way. We thank you, Lord, that you bless us for that, that you bless us when we follow you. We thank you for all that you give us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining me. Have a blessed day.